stories from around the corner and around the country. You're listening to All the Best, proudly supported by the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Before we get into this week's stories, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that I'm recording from stolen Gadigal land and pay my respect to Gadigal elders, past and present, as well as recognise that the area where FBI Radio is situated, Redfern, has long been a place of storytelling, strength, resistance and resilience for First Nations communities. Hey, I'm Danny Stewart and you're listening to All the Best on FBI 94.5. Did you know that there are people from 177 different nationalities living in Tasmania? Well, in the midst of lockdown, Mark Thompson discovered this fact and decided to set out to interview someone from each nationality. This week, we're sharing one of the many amazing stories that Mark has uncovered. But first, I spoke to Mark to learn a bit more about the project and how it all started. I guess it started in 2020 when we were in lockdown here and the future was looking pretty uncertain. Not That's probably an understatement. It was very uncertain. And I'd read on a government website that there were 177 nationalities in Tasmania and I thought about something I could still do even you know, with the restrictions that um, that we had in 2020. And I thought, well, I wonder if anyone's tried to interview every single person, every single nationality in Tasmania. And that could be quite an interesting uh, project and something ori- original that would get people into engaging with those kind of stories, you know. And it would force me to do something to, to find out things that I didn't know about myself. So what did you find out? The interesting thing is that I've actually found out just as much about Tasmania as I have about other cultures in a way because talking to people who've come from somewhere else, they're looking at um, your home or, or, or Tas- Australia, Tasmania with fresh eyes with different eyes and they've come with a different perspective. And that, that was kind of part of my purpose was to just get different perspectives that you don't normally get in sort of mainstream media, I guess, or in um, the usual narratives. And it's been quite, it's quite interesting to hear those perspectives because you hear things and you kind of think, Oh yeah, that of course it's true, but you never really thought of it until someone Someone said it. Was there anything that surprised you? A few of the people I mentioned have had the same story about their experience of being asked to bring a plate and and have made the same mistake of actually bringing a plate. (laughs) Oh, no. I'd be surprised how many times that story has come up. So I feel like that's almost something that migrants should be told as soon as they get off the the plane. Bring a plate. This is what it means. And what are you hoping that listeners take away from this project? I guess the main thing is that through these personal stories, uh, people can identify with people from other who, who they perceive as not being like them, uh, from you know, cultural, uh, culturally different, or who they might not 
speak to norm, in, in normal life and we'll recognize that we, we all have, we have some, a lot of things in common actually. Um, and those are the issues I focus on, like, like family, food, just general culture. We all do those things differently, but they're all important in our lives. And I hope through that, that people will just recognize that we're all, we're all, we all have a bit of a common humanity and not to be sort of afraid of these perceived differences. Our show this week is dedicated to the story of Melika and her husband. They came to Tasmania in what proved to be the most challenging time imaginable. Three weeks before COVID-19 hit Australia and the borders were slammed shut. This is their story. From the beginning, uh, I just wanted to continue my education in PhD in Milan. But uh, because um, I have a husband, I mean, he as a partner, he couldn't leave there. And then I decided to not get separated from each other. We decided to come to Australia. Then um, getting visa, it's really difficult. So my lawyer said I can apply for Tasmania to get the temporary visa for a nine visa. I saw Tasmania and I just said, oh my God, this is the place I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it was the vast land, green land with the ocean. Oh my God, it's beautiful. I want to go there. But because it's a small city my mm -hmm. husband was worried about finding job maybe finding job could, would be difficult and i said no i just want to go there <laughs> <laughs> and because i come from tehran tehran is a massive compact city compared to tasmania it's another planet and i really wanted to live uh in a quiet place because i just I was tired of living in city and rat race life. And so uh, I said, no, I really want to go to Tasmania. And he didn't want to come. Actually, he didn't want to immigrate. Both of us had high level career back to my country. So it was a bit difficult to immigrate. But I made my decision. So and I said, I'll go. If you want, you can come. <laughs> he knew I was really serious. Okay, if you want, we can go. And we came to Tasmania and it's been almost one year. My characteristic is like when I see something, I get excited quickly. And when I saw the ocean, trees, anything, small houses. But after a while, I found it a bit boring and then COVID happened and it made it worse and that was my first impression because we came to Tasmania in February 2020. Maybe some people said oh my god what a time to immigrate but if we hadn't come we wouldn't be able to come to Australia. So in part of that we were lucky on the other hand, we were worried about 
not be able finding a job here. And because when you immigrate to other countries, somehow you, because you want to survive, sometimes you have to do another job. I try to get not off topic because I had, as I told you, I had a very good job um, back to my country and I... I I haven't uh, left everything behind to just give up my dreams. After three weeks, uh, Tasmania locked down and we hadn't found a job yet. We were so worried that uh, how long it would take. And because we had temporary visa, so government didn't help any temporary visa holder. And he, he said, if... Anyone cannot afford to spend their expenses. They can leave the country and go back to their country. And it was the worst time ever because we quit our job in, in our country. We rented our house and we, we planned to leave forever. We came and then they said, okay, we cannot support you. If you want to go back, you can go back then when everything's get fine, you can come back again. How? How that can be happen? So we claimed before that we can afford to pay our expenses for one year if we couldn't find job. But when COVID happened, nobody knows how long it would take. But luckily, I could find job after one month in COVID. I'm working as an interior designer and graduate architect because I'm, I used to be an architect, but because in Australia I'm not registered, so I'm working as a graduate architect right now and interior designer. I, I'm running my own business, but my husband couldn't find job here. He was always telling me, I told you we cannot find job mm. in Tasmania. <laughs> he tried for seven months eight months but uh he just got two interviews and uh we decided he got he well, went to adelaide and he got seven interviews in one week <laughs> and um so he got a job less than one month and since then he's been working there and i'm working here and it's really and it's Really, really difficult situation. But because I liked Hazi and we have so many good friends here and I've built up many relationships in my career and all around. So he can get local, gain local experience and he will come back to Tazi again. <laughs> From the beginning, I really wanted to be an architect. Even I was okay. a child, I wanted to be an architect. I was telling my mom, I want to build houses. And because my mom always did the same. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she always, we had always changed it, something. And uh, we had renovation in our house all the time. And then because I was very smart, <laughs> they pushed me just, you are smart. You, I was top student at the school and they said just and go and study electronic because 
And in Iran, we have entrance exam of university, which is really difficult. State universities is really getting into, it's really difficult. And oh my God, I think this is the worst part of education in Iran. Uh, because one year, students just spending all the year to study and just get into, and most of them, they cannot. And again and again, they have to do it. Anyway, and when I accepted, they said, oh, go for, go and study electronic. I studied electronic and mm -hmm. I quit it after three years. <laughs> yeah, because I started my job at year of the year of three. Then I, I thought, no, it's not my characteristic. I mean, I cannot do this job anymore. So I quit university, I quit my job <laughs> and started to study architecture. What's your sort of family like? What's your family background? Do you have a big family? Uh, not very big family, no. Mm -hmm. uh, we are a small family. They are, in, they are living in Tehran and they miss me every day. Yeah. <laughs> and the one very sad thing about COVID, it's I don't know when I can see them. It's really sad. It's, yeah. it's really difficult even just because you don't know, you just miss them and you don't know when you can see, visit them. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, Tasmania has a very, very closed and conservative community and they don't want strangers to get in their community. It's like that. But as soon as you just can get into... Um, how can I say, into it, just if you have to find a very small hole, then it's done. You can just, you can meet another people. And you know, in small cities, always are like that. I mean, they are very supportive. They are like a chain and they are not unbreakable. People are really nice, really. They are smiley, they are yeah. friendly. And they're really supportive. They do their best. Just help me. <laughs> when people start to talk about Iran, they just say something similar. That they say, is it like a desert? Are you traveling by camel? And they say, um, oh, we cannot believe you're Persian. Because I'm not wearing hijab. And they said, wow, you don't speak Arabic? And many, many questions that I think they should get educated <laughs> by Iran. Now we don't speak Arabic. Yeah. We speak Farsi. Iran has a variety climate. You can travel. Uh, you can go, for example, in the spring in Iran. We have completely a spring, three months of spring. It's not like Tasmania. <laughs> you have four seasons in one day. <laughs> but for example, if you go to uh, north of Iran, it's um, northwest, actually. Uh, you can go to a ski resorts and just take a f flight and go to south of Iran and swim. And at the center of Iran, you can go to desert and 
beautiful architecture you've never seen before. And it's unbelievable, beautiful and mind-blowing. Many people think maybe it's not because it's just about media. I'm not saying all the news are a lie, but they are exaggerating. No, it's a very, very, very safe country. If you travel, people are hospitable. It's they're amazing. And they are really kind and they when they see tourists, they try to make them uh, happy and they offer them many even um, in some cities they offer their house. You can stay there and without knowing you and they will prepare everything and they're re really they are really, really kind and hospitable. Yeah, this is part of our culture. <laughs> People in my country are battling with many difficulties, especially sanction right now. Currency depreciation has caused many difficulties in people's life nowadays. Political stuff, and which many people know. But um, I, as a generally, I'm gonna say Iran is for men's country. You feel you are rejected, but it's just another interpretation of law and religious. I mean, it had pros and cons, but I myself, I didn't have a good experience in my school. Like, for example, I had a long hair and we had to wear scarf. And... Um, my hair shouldn't be appeared from my scarf. I was just seven years old and I didn't know anything about sort of things. And I've been asked, I'd been asked, just hide your hair and put it in your dress and don't let it get appeared. Yeah, many, many, many stupid little rules which are not important for a little girl. I think, as I told you in my culture, we are very hospitable and we support each other. For example, uh, if I have a problem, a man would die to solve my problem. <laughs> And, uh, for example, if it's late at night, he would do everything, I'll be in safe. But here, if you say, okay, I'm okay, they said, okay, you are okay. Yeah. But in, in my culture, they insist you, no, it's not okay. We have, you have to be in safe. And um, the another part is because we, we have something in, means tarof, which I cannot explain <laughs> because you don't have this word. For example, I said, would you like this? And they said, yes. But in my culture, they said, no, thank you. And said, we know he wants to do that. But <laughs> because of that, come on, don't be shy. You can have it. <laughs> but some part of Iran, it's completely different. Uh, because as I told you, um, Iran has different climate. So climate change the people behavior a lot, also architecture. Yeah. And <laughs> so, for example, 
in cold weather, people are more conservative, more introverted. But in warm areas, they are completely different. So because Iran has different uh, weather, cold and warm areas. So especially, for example, if you go through the south of Iran, people even speak Arabic. And we have different, uh, actually, languages. And south of Iran, people speak Arabic and they are amazing. They are amazing. They are so hospitable. They are so kind. Oh, oh my God. Even, even for me, they are like they are coming from other planet. They, they are so generous. They are unbelievably kind. And for example, in north of Iran, people are completely different. I mean, they are, they are more, I don't know how can I say that, but every city has their own character. In Iran, sorry. Tehran is some, somewhere else. <laughs> Shiraz is something else. Esfahan is something else. North, south of Iran, something else. People different, environment different, architecture different. Architecture one different from another yeah because they were sustainable and they built their house like they could for example survive in very very warm weather because in somehow in south of Iran it goes above 50 degree and some other cities minus 15 so they had to survive and they built their buildings like they could and even you in me at the middle of the Iran, it's desert. And you, if you go in summer there, and the weather is four fifty, if you enter the house, it's like you turn on the air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It's just about architecture. From the beginning, when I saw the photos, I said, "Oh my god, this is a place I want to go." And day by day you fall in love with it. I mean, if you can find how you can have fun here and how you can enjoy it, it's enjoyable. And it's, I love the nature of here. Oh my God, let me tell you something. Last week, I was swimming in Taruna Beach and I saw dolphins six meters away from me. I was like, I was about to drown <laughs> because I got so excited and they were just jumped and get into the water where I can find this beautiful scene. I mean, I was in city all my life and just saw buildings, cars, pollution. And now I'm just, I can go hiking and it's just 10 minutes away from my house and then I can come back and I can swim. This is the quality of life, which I love it. And um, I love the nature here. It's like, because sometimes when I'm hiking, I just go and hug trees, kiss them and cuddle them. <laughs> Sometimes I look crazy. I don't care. I just want to hug them and kiss them. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I was in Bruni Island and that was my first time I faced the big open free ocean. I've traveled a couple of countries, but here nature is wild. 
and mm-hmm. raw, infinite ocean. And I started to cry because <laughs> it was so emotional for me. And it was so beautiful. You have to um, be very appreciated of having this beautiful land. from the podcast 177 Nations of Tasmania produced by Mark Thompson with additional editing for this episode by Mel Chun. You can find 177 Nations of Tasmania wherever you get your podcasts. All the best would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we make these stories and pay our respects to elders past and present. All the Best is made at FBI Radio on Gadigal land in association with SIN and 3RRR on Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonarong lands and 8CCC on Orunda and Warramungu lands. The All the Best editorial manager is Mel Chun. Timothy Nguyen is our social media producer and Lydia Yosefova is our community and events coordinator. Shiningberg composed our theme music and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. We're heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network and we're made possible by the Art Gallery of New South Wales and the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find more episodes by searching for All the Best wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Danny Stewart. Thanks for listening.